here's the movie idea. Are you ready? Yeah. It's called Secretariat of State. Nice. Right? Who would that be? Well, it'd be a I... horse, obviously. Oh, like, would... like about the first horse Secretary of State. <laughs> he would just, just like, oh my god, it's Secretary. If necessary, during say. during negotiations, he would just challenge challenge people to a race. Um. So, welcome to Sanity Check, a podcast devoted to staying informed and sane in the time of Trump. I'm Ben, and I'm joined tonight by Mike. Hey. We are recording on the evening of Thursday, August 3rd, 2017. Today is day 196 of The Resistance. If you enjoy what you hear, you can subscribe on iTunes, at the Google Play Store, or at our website, sanitycheckpod.com. So let's get right into the best and worst. So for me, the worst is, I mean, I say this every week, but everything is so terrible. But it, So it feels silly to identify one thing we're just highlighting we're highlighting well yeah so for me this this um they're gonna this turn to focus on affirmative action as it as it could harm white people yeah is um really stupid white people have it very hard in this country (laughs) someone put up that picture of trump's interns it's which is just like a sea of white faces and they're like yeah it's clear that white people are having trouble getting ahead because of all this well they're not they're probably not getting paid those interns of course they're well that's a whole other thing so that's the worst um and then for me the the best is just the whole anthony scaramucci i don't know just all of it from start to finish him, the interview he gave the New Yorker, the way he reacted to the publication of the interview he gave to the New Yorker, the way he divested from his business and missed the birth of his child and got divorced and then got let go after eleven days. I mean, it was like I feel like it was he, he actually a... didn't technically ever start. Yeah, but the. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is perfect. It's like Trump. Trump like says he's gonna hire him. Scaramucci goes and does that insane press conference and gets started by calling people fucking paranoid schizophrenics and saying they want to suck their own cocks. And then, <laughs> and then like, and then he's gone. Now, and to be also, fair, that may very well be true about Steve Bannon. Priebus and Spicer are both are now gone. As a result of the Scaramucci era, which is the, yes. the shortest era, <laughs> which never actually existed. <laughs> yeah. um, so I mean, I, I don't have a specific best, but I just thought, I mean, it was he like was a, such a character. It was a fun circus while it lasted. I guess, like, I should recognize all the damage that it does to like our norms and civic everything, but it was it was very entertaining. I'm not sure he even ended up doing that much damage because he was around for such a short period of time. He didn't end up doing much of anything. Yeah. So I like I I almost kind of feel sorry for him. I I just feel I feel like if if this country has to die, which is what seems to be happening, it at least it could be in the form of entertaining hilarious unhinged rants from coked up Goldman Sachs bankers. And, like, couldn't we at least have had him while SNL was on the air? I mean... Oh, I know. He couldn't have even lasted long enough for that. And, I mean, we're not not—we're already going to not get Melissa McCarthy as Spicer anymore. Well, but she could have been the mooch. <laughs> I think That's she would have handled idea. that fine. Oh, I mean, she's fantastic. She, there's nothing she can't do. But, um, yeah. So um, those were mine, anyway. I feel like we should turn to... Okay. Well, I will... Um... I'll go with my worst first, um, which is the 
the new immigration plan that huh, the yeah. Trump administration is rolling out with um, uh, spearheaded to the public yesterday by um, by Jewish neo-Nazi Stephen Miller. Um, yeah, that's he's he's his, like a dead-eyed. Oh, he God, he's so horrible, and he was like spouting white supremacist bullshit about the Statue of Liberty. Anyway, but um, anyway, cutting legal immigration significantly um, and changing the kind to what that they claim to like, right? And and changing to what they are calling a merit-based system, which will require like English speaking and things that they think are good, like. Computer programming skills and like skin and, reflectivity, right? Levels, yeah. Um, catch my drift. I do. Um, um, so that's really awful. And then, yeah, we, so Stephen Miller got into a big argument with Jim Acosta from CNN about uh, the Statue of Liberty and the poem that is on it, which he said d- didn't count because it was added, like not right when the Statue of Liberty was built. They argued about it for about 15 minutes. It was it's really... just such a nightmare. I mean, that kid, he really re- weirds me out. Like, I, he gives me a very frightening and evil vibe. And evil... He, he is dead-eyed. You're, the way you described it is totally oh, right. Looking at him, is, he just has... He looks like a murderer. Like a serial murderer. <laughs> he's He's horrifying. Terrible. He's really hard. You know, he made his name in the beginning with the Duke Lacrosse scandal. I did not know that. He was involved yeah, in that. Yeah, that's where he comes to us from. He was he was at Duke and he very early on in that scandal, Stephen Miller started taking the position that this was all a hoax and that it was, you know, race grievance attacking these poor innocent white men for no reason. And so when it turned out that it actually was false, he he was vindicated. Well, and it raised his profile with the various conservative media ecosystem. And so then Jeff Sessions hired him in order to I think there's harm a couple more people. steps between those. But yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where he comes from. Just a, he's... Well, ah, horrible. Anyway, uh, my best, on the other hand, um, but I'm going to issue a very limited and short apology to John McCain. Um, after we really railed on him last week, um, because not even so much for his vote. I mean, although I, I'm appreciative of that, but just for getting to see the look on Mitch McConnell's face when uh, gladiator style McCain walked into the Senate chamber and and uh, took his hand and pointed it at the clerk and then went with the thumbs down. I mean, the the look on McConnell's face was really priceless. I mean, I'll definitely agree with that as a best in the in this. You know, I was happy to see the that skinny repeal effort fail, and I love watching Mitch McConnell just collapse, like his whole demeanor just fall to the ground in anguish. Did you enjoy how when he gave? Uh, the speech which he did not have prepared because he really thought they were going to pass it, yep. that he turned his back on the Democrats and <laughs> and literally would not face them. I mean, I also, didn't he in that speech say that, like, this showed it was high time that the Democrats should, like, start putting forward some yeah. ideas, which is such bullshit. Um, yeah, I liked all of that. I'm not going to apologize to McCain. He is an asshole, but I was oh, he's happy totally that an he asshole, voted but he the would, right way. He... 
I'm quite more happy with Collins and Murkowski, who voted the right way the whole time. Yeah, well, so let's get into the healthcare stuff. Let's so that rests. Yeah. So I, I would agree with that. Um, McCain is getting too much credit. Um, yeah, which is how he did it. Like, the reason he did it that way was... Right. He's, um, he's aware of the stagecraft and all Collins that. Collins and Murkowski um, deserve a significant amount of credit for for opposing most of the the so-called healthcare ideas from the beginning, um, Collins in particular. Um, Collins, her loyalty to the people of Maine was rewarded. You heard this story that when she landed in the Bangor airport, yes. she just got a spontaneous ovation. Yeah, well, I mean, Lisa Murkowski has told similar stories about when she got back to Anchorage that people in the airport were coming up to her in tears and like shaking her hand and thanking her for her wonder for who her was vote. greeting Heller at the airport. Uh, it was probably <laughs> Harry Reid. <laughs> to in, thank him for bravely voting yeah. to kill millions of people. <laughs> I, I, I imagine it was Harry Reid in like sweatpants and a sweatshirt like offering to punch fight, him in the face with to rat fight him in the hallway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> like oh, one eye's not going to stop Reed. me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but just yeah. to just to like summarize what happened, because we recorded our last episode um, Thursday of last week, and while we were recording, they uh, McConnell released the text of the skinny repeal. Yeah, and, which yeah. so which isn't a lot of time to review before the vote. No. But the vote no. itself took place very, very early in the morning on Friday the 28th. Well, it was interesting. So uh, do you, uh, were you watching the whole thing? I wasn't Mike? watching. I was reading. I was Okay, so I actually watched like on Twitter the, on C-SPAN. And so they, they first voted on um, uh, like a motion to send it back to committee. And that failed on party lines. Um, but what was bizarre about it is that happened at about 12.30 in the morning Eastern Time. But McConnell kept that vote open, even though all 100 senators had voted. He kept it open for about an hour and a half. And then you could see like, well, all yeah, this, I remember. this powwowing that was going on. The commentators, it, uh, the sort of, the feeling and tone of the of how it unfolded started to from, shift. Yeah, at first it was like, okay, he's going to pass this bill, and well, like, the, the betting markets had it at about ninety percent that it was I, pass. I thought it was going to pass. Yeah, um, I think we and all then did. as time kept passing, and you sort of there, you had people reading the body language. Well, like, and you had reading, Mike Pence yeah. like showed up and started like talking to McCain and to Murkowski, like Collins. They had clearly given up on, but. Um, uh, they, they were working it, and then you then McCain starts talking to a bunch of his Democratic colleagues, and they're all like backslapping and laughing and giving each there other hugs. There was one where like he and Diane Feinstein hugged each other, and everybody was right, like, "Yeah, that's what's that about?" Right, and you just had like McConnell was had a really ornery look on his face, even for him. Um, and then Pence and McCain disappeared into the Republican cloakroom for a while, which um. Uh, it, it was explained was most likely to take a phone call because you're not allowed to make phone calls on the floor of the Senate. And it turned out, in fact, that it was a phone call from from the president um, who wanted to speak to McCain, and McCain basically told him to go fuck himself. We don't know what they said to each other. 
Presumably, he told. Hopefully, him to go McCain himself. said something like, "I prefer presidents who don't have their bills fail in like brutal right. misery." <laughs> so, I mean, so, Trump never curried. No, none of the senators have any loyalty to Trump because he's been a complete dick to all of them all the yeah. time. So they finally, finally, McConnell calls the vote, and he's standing like in the front of the room with his back to the Democrats and his arms crossed and this really angry look on his face. And they vote, and Murkowski votes no. But when they call for McCain, he's not there, and so um, thought they he keep was outside going. the room on the phone. Yeah, he was still in the cloakroom. Pence, by this point, had disappeared, which seemed to be a bad sign for the Republicans because he was there to break a 50-50 tie. Yeah. Um, And McCain walks in very dramatically, stands right in front of McConnell, like literally about three feet away from him, waves his hand at the clerk who's counting the votes to get his attention and to kind of like interrupt the proceedings. And then he holds his thumb kind of sideways and then thumbs down, and he says no. And literally, the Democratic senators started cheering. And then Schumer and, quieted And Schumer, down. yeah, correctly. Um, but and McConnell, it just looked like he had an ice cream cone, and then the ice cream fell off and hit yeah, the he ground. Looked, he looked really angry. He looked miserable. Um, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was probably his biggest failure ever. I just love the idea of him feeling really bad. Yeah. I enjoy that as well. He's a bad person. He's a terrible person. <laughs> he's a he, he's a really really bad. He I mean John McCain is a wonderful person in comparison to Mitch McConnell. I mean, and I, I, and I don't like John McCain. You know, so all these like I said earlier, I think if we're giving out like a praise to Republican senators, we should focus primarily on Collins and Murkowski because they really voted. I think in this case were consistent and they the correct reasons. Yeah, I think they, well, like they, they thought were, it. They thought it would, this was a terrible idea. Yeah, and, well, I think the thing that McCain did that seems a little bit. I mean, again, ultimately the thing that matters is the bill didn't pass, and he yeah. voted against it, and that is what it is. Good, but I think good, yeah. I have less respect for voting. For the for the motion to proceed, but then against the final bill, than I do for more consistently saying, you know, I don't like this approach because you know, especially if you're taking a process critique of everything that was unfolding. And uh, McCain certainly made process critiques in his speeches that he gave. Although one theory is that McCain has a vendetta against McConnell because McConnell undid a lot of the McCain Feingold campaign finance reform that was going to yeah. be McCain's sort of legacy. And so he wanted to really. So he screw wanted up. to make it really dramatic, and then like twist the knife. I think that there might be something to that in this specific instance. Well, one thing I've been learning is they don't. There's not a lot of love among the Republican senators for Mitch McConnell. They no. they follow his leadership, but they don't like him. No. On the um, Democratic side, I feel like they actually have like a little bit of. I mean, obviously they're all politicians, but I feel like they like Schumer. Yeah, I mean, I think McCain, you know, he, he McCain is no fan of the Affordable Care Act. Uh, he would like it to be repealed. He just didn't think that there that the Republicans had really put anything on the table, and so consequently he sh- shouldn't vote for it, which is correct. I mean, well, the level, it, like, 
if we think about McCain and we say he has like a small interest in these process questions, the level, the flagrant level that McConnell was just disregarding all norms and procedures, it was like, if you cared about that stuff at all, the way McConnell was doing it would have been so offensive to you. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, McCain probably, he's he's been in the Senate a long time, so... The thing, in a way, the thing that surprised me was, I would never, if you had asked me, how, the, if you said, the bill is not going to pass, what do you think the vote total is going to be? I would never have guessed 49-51. I agree, I, I would have thought that a bunch of Republican senators would have gotten together right. and, and voted as a block so that it wasn't just one of them. Well, and I think that I bet there's some of them who are wishing that McCain would have shared his thoughts with them. Well, because, like mean, I'm sure Heller's like not Dean happy Heller. Yeah, he has a yes vote on this. What's what? This is the worst possible. Well, outcome. Dean Heller does not appear to be a very good politician. No, but I mean, even so, you'd like to avoid having a yes vote on a bill that didn't pass. You get all the negatives. You get the negatives of what the bill would have done because you voted yes on it, and you're a loser. Right. Well, and now you've got the all the House Republicans too, who all voted <laughs> yes on the AHCA. I kind of think the House Republicans have been bailed out here because the bill that they passed a bill that was complete bullshit. That I mean, really it's it's not as bad day. for them as if the whole thing had actually gotten passed. But it, there are still going to be very easy advertisements to write about them passing a bill in the House. Well, this is why you know we've been talking for a couple of weeks on this podcast about. What are the Republicans doing? Like, why are they doing this? And I still don't really understand. Like, this is a bad outcome for them, for sure, but but there weren't any good ones, even if they passed the bill. Yeah. I mean, I, and certainly we're not prepared to say that th- their effort is completely dead. Oh, I, it's I never we've, dead. We, it's we, not we, dead we've learned, Democrats have we've learned, right, not to, not to do that. I think it is, it is temporarily dead. Um, I mean, it's had a setback. Well, they actually went on recess, right? Well, so, and also in the Senate, you have you have to get fifty votes. Like right, they, and they can't they, do it. They put it to the test. They tried their different bills. They tried three different bills. None of them got to fifty votes. So I mean, I mean, but in theory, they could try other bills. Yeah, but I think yeah. they're getting. T- I mean, the the political cost to them of just c- continuing to round their heads against this is not. I mean, it's bad. But then I feel like. Their donors are must not be happy. The base isn't particularly happy. I don't think anyone on their side is happy. So with what that. they really, if they're smart, they should just try to pass a big tax cut now. I mean, you would think they would be able, capable of doing that. Of course, Trump is helpfully demanding that they not do anything else until they pass a health care bill. And helpfully giving Mitch McConnell pointers on Twitter about how to do it, which I'm sure Mitch McConnell just loves. Yeah, I mean, it, it. you know it's bad when even Mitch McConnell doesn't want to use the nuclear option on the legislative filibuster. Well, here's a fun tip. If you get rid of the filibuster, you still need 50 votes. It's true. So that's, I mean, I know yeah. Trump doesn't understand how anything works, but the idea that he latched onto the filibuster as like a reform... And th- in helped, this case, it made no sense. No, because you, yeah. 49, you're not going to do anything with 49, filibuster or no. You don't get to it, do it. it. It still is pretty extraordinary that we have now hit the August recess and um, you know, even Fox News is acknowledging that the Republicans have 
passed no serious legislation. Acknowledging? I mean, it's a factual question. Everybody can ask. Did they pass any legislation? And well, the Fox News no. doesn't normally care about facts. No, I know. And plus, I thought even now, Fox is mostly concentrating on Hillary Clinton's emails. Uh, well, certainly if you are watching Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson. Who else would I watch? But, um, I, I mean, it has been astounding that these people said, you know, we're going to fix health care. Donald Trump was particularly was terrible on this, where he would say, you know, I know we're gonna exactly give you something how to better. It. It's going to be It's going to be cheaper. It's going to be so easy. We'll do it on the first day. Like, do you remember right at the beginning, right after he won the election, he was like, he was like, we're going to fix health care the first day. Or like it's the, the, first, it's the first thing I'm going to sign. Yeah, we're going to sign it within an hours of each other. We're going to do the stages. And, like, that was always insane. But it's it's gone so badly, like, so much worse than they said it was going to go. And they have the majority. Like, they have a majority in the House, majority in the Senate. They got the presidency. The fact that they can't even do something they all agreed they wanted to do with all of their majorities... It's just pathetic. I mean, it's really amazing. Yeah, I mean, and then I, I'm not totally sure what happened this week because it, it seemed that that Trump was setting himself up for a showdown with Congress over not paying the federal subsidies. Yeah, to well, he's very committed to this idea that Obamacare is a failed system. It's dead. Which is, so he, you know, it isn't, but he could try right, to make so it. That he wants way. to make it failed, and I think that I think even the Republicans in Congress recognize that if they withhold the federal funding for the exchanges, that that that's like might be a bridge too far politically, even for them. Well, I think one of the things that all of this process is making clear to everybody is. This argument that Obamacare is failing doesn't get them anywhere because it makes people say, okay, Obamacare is failing. What are we going to do to fix it? And then all Trump does is talk about how he's going to let it all collapse and fall apart. People don't like that plan. Well, I mean, even if... And they blame Republicans for it. Even if you did that, right, and ignore the fact that that's going to hurt millions of people you would then after it collapsed you would need to replace it with something right and they could and exactly it doesn't solve any problem for them it just it's just pushing off if you're going to replace it with something it's just pushing off when you're going to replace it it's fundamentally the logic of a bully which is what trump is where he from his point of view it seems like the fact that he can't get obamacare repealed it makes he, him look weak. It makes him look weak. And so what he's going to do is he's going to inflict pain until people give him what he wants. Which is for it to go away, and then he doesn't really care what happens. No, he's. it seems to me one of his big driving ambitions is to just destroy anything that Obama instituted. Yeah, I mean, I think if if someone like gave him a magic piece of paper that he could sign that would give people health care that he could put his name on, he'd probably sign it. Well, this yeah, this is why I, I absolutely agree with you, but I don't Obviously know, what you just said happen. just like really lays out what's so shameful and stupid about Trump is like in order to come up with a healthcare system that works and helps people, 
you have to really work on it. I mean, it requires research, it requires thought, it requires debate and discussion and answering difficult questions and making decisions. And I think what he thought, he really thought it was going to be like Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan would hand him a piece of paper that he could then sign and have a big photo and a big ceremony. And then everyone would say, oh, thank you for our wonderful health care. You're so great. Well, and the Republicans have a massive issue in that many of the biggest problems with Obamacare are problems that exist because of their intransigence during the creation of Obamacare. Um, So that the the ways that, that would fix it would involve spending, initially anyway, probably more money and... Um, and doing things that are not consistent with their conservative philosophy. It's extremely fixable. I mean, as you are saying, a lot of what's wrong with it are like things that Republicans did on purpose to make there be something wrong with it. Like, right. So you know, so Republican making the Medicaid expansion yeah, optional. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so those are fixable, like tomorrow. Like you could fix those in an hour. Right. Oh, very much so. And there, and there's a lot of problems like that. And then there's problems where, you know, people think their premiums are too high. This is a solvable problem too, but you have to use left tactics to solve it, namely raising right. taxes I, and I giving mean, people it, money. It is true that there are a portion of middle class people who have seen their premiums and deductibles on the individual market um, go up in a way that was not predicted by the Democrats, um, and yeah. has been a pain point. But for, it, I mean, what I'm saying them. is, yeah. it, it, Democrats, it, there is n- no, the Democratic point of view on this is not that things are perfect. Obamacare is perfect and awesome, and we should all just celebrate how great it is. That's not what the Democrats are saying. The Democrats no, are like, some parts are working okay. Some parts still need work. Some, On the whole, are... it's a good thing that 20 million people I mean, have better insurance than the way that, things were before. that they didn't previously, yeah. And, you know, there are still lots of people who lack insurance coverage. Like, there's still a lot of problems to be solved. Mm-hmm. And Democrats would be very willing to solve those problems. But that's not what Republicans want to do. No, they want... They, I don't I mean, it's... Uh, part of the problem, as we see, is that different factions of the Republicans want different things. I mean, there are, you've got the, the really right-wing Republicans who just want poor people basically to die. Um, well, they're, yeah, they would say it's individual liberty. Right, it's, cho- it's freedom of choice to yeah. die. If you yeah. choose that you don't have enough money, then you die. Right. Um, and then you've got, like, the the Republicans who are morons who think that somehow by um by allowing more negotiations across state lines and so on and they don't think that that they they don't actually i'm i think that when they say the state line thing they're arguing in bad faith and not stupid you don't agree i don't know i guess it depends on how stupid you think they are (laughs) i mean the state line one is about eliminating insurance regulations because it's whatever the lowest common denominator state uh, I mean, I think that when Eric Cantor was saying it, he certainly was saying it in bad faith, which we know in part because he's now admitted that. Um, How else could you say something that stupid? Uh, 
I don't I don't really know. I don't have a good answer for that. Um, unless you are legitimately that stupid. I'm sure Trump yourself. thinks that it would work because he's a real moron. Well, that, he, that, he doesn't even really think about it. Um, I mean, no, like, he doesn't and, have any and, and policy. And like, there are some there are some things that I feel like Democrats and Republicans could come together on fairly easily, like um, negotiation on uh, drug prices. I don't know about. I, I don't know. I mean, you might be right, but I mean, you, you're going to have some Republicans who are against negotiation on drug prices because it hurts big pharmaceutical companies who, who give them who the donate money. a lot of yeah. money to them and there's democrats who get that money too but but there are a lot of republicans who get voted for by a lot of really old people who take a lot of medicine i know i don't know why well i don't know why anyone votes republican but so i feel like we're sort of wandering around this healthcare yeah. topic let's what how can we tighten this up so to recap the healthcare bill didn't pass which is a good thing but like the so the battle was is over but the war is not over right so we don't know when the next skirmish or next battle will be so it's important trump to... don't you th- why is trump pushing for this so much do you think cuz he hates he hates looking bad and no, looking like, like stay he's down. losing. Like it's not going to get better. No, I mean, has he has he tweeted anything about it since um, Kelly took over as chief of no, staff? No, I don't think so. Yeah, so that's sort of like. And he's about uh, to go on a seventeen-day vacation, so we probably right. won't be hearing. I mean, so that's our, our kind of our next topic, which oh, is. Shit. I mean, we've we've touched on the whole Reince spicy mooch. Uh, triangle, love triangle, Um, so the, the, but the upshot in the end is that there is currently no communications director. Um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is the press secretary. Ugh, she's not my favorite. Um, and there's no director of Homeland Security because, Lord, uh, Trump named the now former director of Homeland Security, retired Marine General John Kelly, as the new White House chief of staff. Um, this is sort of a White House in disarray story. Yeah, I mean, and the idea is that John Kelly is a you know former, as a retired general who's going to come in and whip things together and restore order. Um, and there, the media is going along with this story quite willingly. Yeah, they've really swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. Where they're like, "Oh, Kelly." Well, they love military. You know, they're always like, "Oh, he's going to bring so much discipline." Yeah, it's uh, you know the president's finally going to be presidential because you know now now everyone has to report to the Oval Office through John Kelly and and John Kelly fired. Ezra Cohen Watnick from the National Security Council. And... Well, they've they've been wanting to fire him for a while. I think H.R. McMaster has wanted to fire him yeah, from day one. Yeah. Um, Jared Kushner, who is his friend, protected him. Um, and clearly, when John Kelly was offered the job as chief of staff, which apparently he had been offered previously as well and had turned down. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's been it's, clear for a long time that Trump didn't like Priebus and didn't no. like having him as the chief of staff. And we know he likes generals. He likes to call them my generals, which is yes. gross. His generalissimos, if you will. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not good. It, but it's clear that as part of... It was, it was a condition of Kelly taking the job that he have 
final say on certain personnel matters, and that involved firing Scaramucci, and that involved allowing H.R. McMaster to fire whoever he wanted from the National Security Council, including Ezra Cohen-Watnick. And Kelly, uh, at least for the moment, saying that uh, all communication to the president has to go through him and that Kelly has to be present for all phone conversations and meetings in the old office, which is entirely appropriate. Um, and of course, the, the big question is how long will this last? Like how, how long will um, Trump go along with this before he chafes at, at being controlled and, um, you know, goes off the reservation? Don't you think Trump on some level recognizes that this is going terribly for him? I think he recognizes that definitely in relation to the investigations into him and his family. Um, I think that makes him crazy. And I think that he's extremely frustrated as well that he hasn't been able to uh, have quote-unquote big wins uh, legislatively, I guess on, on health care and moved on to tax reform and infrastructure and, and whatnot. Um, but... On some level, no, I don't think he thinks that, um, because I think he'll be happy to go and say that he's been the most successful president well, the, in the I mean, first the six months I mention of all it time. Is just this question of how much leeway is he going to allow Kelly? You know, Trump has been... The problem with Trump's presidency is Trump. And yes. he, he can fire anybody he wants, and he can rearrange the staff, but it's not going to change that fundamental... Well, I mean, we've seen this multiple times now in... During the campaign, you know, uh, Lewandowski was fired and he brought in Paul Manafort and the media narrative was, you know, he was professionalizing the campaign. With, with like, a corrupt, like, Russian pawn in Ukraine. You know, dictator pawn, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, and then then when, when he was going into the administration, him hiring, um... McMaster to replace Mike Flynn. And... Well, that's actually one I like too. Well, sure. I mean, he's. I don't think H.R. McMaster is a crazy person like Mike Flynn. No, although he immediately had to throw his dignity away. Like McMaster didn't. Yeah. McMaster, I remember that McMaster had to make some public statement. Yeah, it was. It involved like... that Nunez unmasking oh, bullshit. God, the Nunez stuff. But he, McMaster, looked really unhappy to be doing it. At yeah, but least. he did it. You know, he did do it. Well, Kelly has done stuff, too. Kelly's defended Kelly the, implemented the imi- the all that immigration ban. stuff. Yeah, so I'm not that excited about Kelly. I mean, My favorite, though, is that Kelly and McMaster... No, no, it was, it was Kelly and Mattis. Because Mattis is sort of the only one who hasn't been totally dignity-wraithed. Um, no, he sort of he sort of stayed out of it. Um, he, that's true. That's true. But, uh, but that Mattis and Kelly at the beginning made a pact that one of them had to remain in the country at all times, um, basically to make sure that Trump didn't do something totally insane. Well, the concentration of generals is actually starting to worry me a little bit, because so yeah. there have been these different factions in the White House. There was like the corrupt Russian faction, the sort of Manafort, Flynn. Mike Flynn, yeah. They're all gone. There's and then the, you had the... Javanka, and they're useless. But they're not going anywhere. Well, you they're had, not going anywhere, but they clearly don't have You had power. the ineffectual RNC wing. That was Spicer R- and Spicy. And they're gone. 
you have your white supremacist, white nationalist, totalitarian, state destruction. The Bannon, Stephen Miller. Miller. They're still around. They're still kicking around. Kellyanne Conway is sort of her own category. And then you have the generals. Mattis, Kelly, McMaster. And I don't like a situation where we have three... Some of them are active duty generals right now, aren't they? Uh, McMaster is. Yeah, so... And then the other two are, like, recently retired. Yeah, Mattis and Kelly are both retired. It's not good that we have these three generals in a position where they're sort of monitoring the executive. You see what I'm getting at? Like... I mean, normally I would totally agree with you. Um, well, the only reason you don't agree with me in this case is because Trump is a crazy person. Right. That's but the, the, entirely that's the only reason. We can't... There's a, there's a reason why we're so careful to have civilian control of the military and to have the top person in the chain of command be a, the, a civilian, the president. We don't want to have a military dictatorship. No. No, um, but I do want to have someone who is uh, responsible and knows what they're doing in control but, of the U.S. military. I mean, the, sure, but you, don't you, US you see what I'm saying, though, Of course, you? oh, like, definitely. In a situation where Trump is like, you know, I've had a vision, we've got to nuke New Zealand, right? That's crazy, and it would be a good thing for us not to do it. But so then if Mattis is like, we're not doing that, like, go back to bed. Yeah, have Techni- a glass of in milk. In that scenario... Technically, what has just happened is that there was a military coup in the United States, right? You see, like you see, what I'm saying. Well, it depends. If if he gives the, an order and then Mattis is like, maybe do you want to reconsider that order? This is like a bad I know idea. Areas, but I'm just I mean, saying, I'm getting nervous about the concentration of power with the generals and the fetishization yeah. of the no. I agree. I agree. Generals. I agree. And I'm hoping it's a very temporary. Well, I mean, I. I don't think that we, we don't have a setup that is. Um, you know, we've always had a lot of checks and balances for our military in terms of their interaction in domestic politics. I guess I'll just say the mili- one thing I admire about our military is they don't have a history or any present inclination to try to usurp the state. Right. Like, they just don't. It's just not something they do. Right. No, that's, that's that's what I was driving at as well. And I th- I believe I don't I don't have any reason to believe that guys like Kelly and McMaster and Mattis have any interest in launching a coup. No, I think um, their interest to, to the extent they have any interest that I, I think they they are they're they're trying to put some guardrails on this crazy person. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, and they're Republicans, you know. They're trying to serve in an administration. They're, you know, they're serving yeah. their country. Yes, no, I agree. I, I, I agree, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's a, it's a great idea to uh, set a, a precedent for having so much. I think much that's what I'm really and... worried about, right? Like, so President Sanders is inaugurated in 2021, but I don't think he would go hiring. No, but tons no. of generals. You're not. You're not. You're not in entertaining the same dark fantasies. That <laughs> no, I am. like I, I just don't like to get it in anybody's mind. Once the military starts thinking about whether they sh- are going to go along with or allow the president to do various things, that leads to some really bad places. It's true. I guess I'm still of a mindset that 
I feel like they don't really want to have to be doing it. I don't think that so they, either, that, but, you know, that, he's going to be They right feel in. that this is like a real fucked up situation and sure. that they have to get a little bit more involved than they normally do. Yeah, but so it's been six months. So let's say another six months goes by and then another and then another. No, and then it's another, true. And things that right now people are like, wow, this is really an exceptional situation. Well, it's very important for us to remain extremely vigilant. Well, we used to talk uh, so much on every episode about normalizing, whether we, whether, whether this was all being normalized and, you know, how we were sort of concerned in our earlier episodes where we were like, you know, it's important not to take this as normal. And I, I still feel that way. I mean, I, I think that I think I'm still, I mean, optimistic is not the right word. Um, I'd vote. I'd rather vote for Bernie than Mark. Who is Mark? Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, Mark Zuckerberg. I should use his full title. Future president for life. Uh, Yeah, I would rather vote for Bernie than Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) Um, Taking us off the path here. So we were doing our White House in disarray. I mean, Trump keeps firing people. It's like... It's like a guy who keeps breaking. Well, can we can we actually can we go down the list of all of the major oh God, administration? How long do we have I don't even think I can remember all of them. staff members who have been <laughs> fired. I, I, I honestly don't know if I can remember all of them. <clears throat> okay, so we've had a chief of staff fired. We have not had even a... starting at the beginning. Don't we start with Flynn? Or are you talking about okay, just so... in the last week? No, no, I mean overall. So, okay, fine. So, yes, we've had a national security advisor fired, a chief of staff fired, a deputy chief of staff fired very early on. Um, we had... Um, Doing we this had, from had, memory, you're definitely missing yeah. some. Oh, well, I haven't finished Remember that lady yet. who plagiarized her dissertation? Well, she was never hired. Ah, uh, um, We've had two communication directors, well, three if you count the mooch, We've had three communications <laughs> directors fired. Still working there, didn't he? Like get fired, but then he just still yeah. hangs around. Um, we've had a press secretary fired. Uh, we've had um, uh, we have we have a, a Department of Homeland Secretary uh, sec- uh, not fired, but moved to a different position. So that that needs to be replaced. Um, We've had a deputy attorney general fired. Why are we doing this? I um, mean, he fired all the attor- state attorneys general. But he, did, the deputy attorney general, Sally Yates, that, that he straight up fired. Oh, yeah, he fired her because, because she was doing her job. What it was. Yeah, she was like trying to warn him about how he was yeah. destroying the country. Um, I'm sure I'm missing. Oh, God, you're missing dozens. I mean, missing he, more. It, but it's just... I think that's all he knows to do. Like things happen that he doesn't like, and he, it's and every time it's clearly his fault or something that he, something wrong with him, something that he did that was wrong. And oh, FBI he, director, of course, can't forget oh, that. Oh, of course, yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't yeah. know who would go work for him. Like, who's he going to get to staff Homeland Security now? Yeah, it's. I think it's probably hard for him to get the cream of the crop. Oh my god, come on, it's probably hard point. for him to get anybody. I mean, Christie yeah. would probably still go work for him. I'm not actually totally sure. Like, because Rudy Giuliani said he wouldn't. Why would you at this point? Why would but anybody? Because yeah. so, the thing that Trump does that's so messed up is he doesn't just fire these people, but he, like, 
He destroys of, them. Yeah, he mocks them. Like, take Jeff Sessions, the most loyal backer from the beginning. Right. Trump yeah, just, like... The Keebler elf himself. You know, Trump said that he, you know, like, it doesn't matter that he endorsed me, and, like, he's not doing a good job, and... I, I don't like him anymore. Yeah. I mean, and apparently Kelly called Sessions and told him his job was safe. Um, which I believe, at least for the moment, um, that's not really if, Kelly's decision, is it? I mean, that's no. But if, but if for no other reason than I think that it's probably been impressed on Trump that, like, who could he replace him with? You know that Trump I mean, doesn't like give Judge a fuck Judy about that. Like, if Trump decides that he needs to, like, say, so Robert, we're going to get to this later in the episode, but like, there's yeah. been some action with Robert Mueller. And so if that freaks Trump out, you can't seriously tell me that you think he would if he, if it occurred to him that he could solve his problem by firing Sessions that he would not do well, it. Well, but I think that's already occurred to him and I assume that he's probably tried to do it and has been talked out of it. Maybe we don't know what is behind the I mean I doors. can't prove that. I'm obviously. just saying to you and you know this, technically he doesn't need anyone's permission. He can fire Jeff Sessions at any time he wants. That is without getting true. permission or consultation with anyone else. Now, maybe he won't do it. This is why I asked before if you thought he recognized on some level that this was going terribly. Well, I do. I, I think in that way, he actually does. I think that um, I think he's probably a little gun shy right now about firing people. Well, he fired Comey and it didn't have the result he th- wanted it to. Right, he thought everyone was going to be happy about that, including and he Democrats. he thought the Russia investigation would go away. Right, and in fact, it turned out horribly for him. So and I think he, uh, he's sort of like he sort of stare. It's like he's like an animal in an in like he hit something and it shocked him, and he's like, "I want to hit well, it he, again." He also has a history of um, of getting really like mad at people and kind of kicking them out of his orbit, and then they cycle back in. That's what happened to Bannon. Um, Bannon, um, uh, his buddy Roger Stone. Uh, Corey Lewandowski, who apparently still, like, you know, informally advises him. Um, Sessions, he asked for his res- his resignation at one point, and then he went back on it. Um, but I think there's know, a whole lot of these people who don't want to be in Trump's orbit. Like, once they get the whole picture of what it means to be in Trump's orbit, they don't want any part of it. Like oh, I think I'm Corey sure. Lewandowski has drank the Kool Aid, and he's he understands the how sometimes. He's well, Corey gonna... Lewandowski doesn't have anything else. No, no, and that's actually a really really great point. I think there's some people who sort of hitch their wagons to Donald Trump, and they'll just participate in the whole cycle of dignity obliteration yeah. because that's all they have. I mean, Jeff Sessions is a racist and a lousy person, but, but he, he did give have... he gave up a lot yeah, to he, become he attorney has, general. Like, pride and self worth, and he has other stuff he could do. He, he was could a senator. Be a lobbyist. He could probably win re-election for Senate again if he wanted to. Oh, easily. So I mean, there's a whole bunch of people who are working for Trump who aren't desperate enough to stick with him through the dignity annihilation. All, all those generals would be fine. Oh, they don't need him at all. Yeah, I mean, they would be totally fine. Um, I don't know. I'm sure Sarah Huckabee Sanders could get another job at, oh, at this God, point. I'm not. She's she's not great at what she does. She's better at it than spicy. Um, that depends on what we 
on what we count as success. For me, she's more Spicer's, willing to lie than spicy. like soulful agony as he suffered trying <laughs> yeah. to like trying to hold on to some shred of like of dignity of something. That for me was so awesome. Whereas Sarah doesn't seem to struggle with it at all. No, there's n- I don't there's like no, that. no issue. For me, that's less successful. <laughs> Not what I'm looking for. I like to see people trying. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so you you mentioned some developments. So we did have two we had two kind of big developments today. One, which I thought was very bizarre, which were the leaks that the Washington Post published today. I'm of, torn about this one, but yeah. Yeah, I, I am as well. Um, I wonder if we'll... We'll have similar thoughts on this. Um, so the Washington Post today published transcripts of very early phone calls, like in the first week of his presidency, that Trump had with the Prime Minister of Australia and with the President of Mexico. And both of these phone calls had been reported on at the yeah, time. Yeah, this was the, wasn't this the famous one where he hung up on the Prime Minister of Australia? Right, he did, and then there was like he said, she said about whether or not he talked about the wall with the famous contentious Nieto. diplomatic relationship between us and Australia. It's always <laughs> yes, very, very hot. <laughs> so, so someone, I mean, presumably from the White House, leaked these transcripts i mean if if only one of them had leaked then i guess you could have made the argument it could have come from australia or us but uh, for two of them to leak on the same day it's hard to say that it wasn't wasn't from our side and i mean they're very embarrassing for for trump and particularly the australia one um i have two thoughts about these so on the one hand i don't think it's I, i think it people should be able to conduct diplomacy in private and well, and, the, so, and in theory, in particular, the president of the United States should be able to have confidential phone calls with his counterparts. Um, I mean, I don't. It's not like I'm not extremely up in arms about it. I feel like these weren't. It doesn't appear that these were like calls about you know geo strategic no. stuff. They were just you know symbolic, like pleasant, you know. First None calls. of this was classified information. Yeah, and like so, that. you know, the president does work for us, and so it's not... I, I don't think it's, like, a, a horrible thing. But that said, it it doesn't seem... It's not obvious to me that it's a good thing that these transcripts are... Available. Well, I'm not sure what, it, in this particular case, it really achieved, other than embarrassing Trump. Well, and so that's the thing, because I said on the, on the one hand, then the other part of that is, it is... It is, I don't know what the word is, I do appreciate being able to see the records of what he says on these calls. I mean, he's a moron. It, Yeah, well, that's what I'm going to say. Like, it doesn't necessarily show us anything we didn't know, but it emphasizes some things we knew, such as that, as you say, I mean, he seems, he seems stupid. Yeah, I mean, Malcolm Turnbull was trying to explain things to him at, and, like, the level of a, like a four, five-year-old. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't working. No. And like, that's, for, like, when I say uh, stupid, often we use the word stupid to mean, like, oh, I don't like that, or I don't know. That but in this bad. case, it's like, I mean, he's, he's not like an intelligent dumb. person. Like, yeah. he can't understand anything. His his ability to comprehend reality is poor. I bet he couldn't even do the USA Today crossword. I would probably agree with you. That's the meanest thing I can say about somebody. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, the the one with the president of Mexico is more just kind of sad. It's pathetic, but it's not as stupid. No, I mean, because there, there it's just him, like, begging the president of Mexico to to stop saying that he won't pay for the wall because I know, he's making like, Trump I'm this look great bad. negotiator. And then, so here we get to see an inside look at his negotiation, and it's him begging the guy. He's like, please don't make me look bad. Please. I mean, which is pathetic. So yeah, the yeah. two to get to the two together paint a picture of a a total idiot who barely understands basic concepts and who is sort of solely motivated by a desire to appear strong and successful, but his only tools for achieving it are begging and like and, and then when he can't understand things, he gets frustrated and hangs up the phone. Hangs up the phone. Yeah. So this yeah. is the president. I mean, it, it's just as bad as we all thought. Yo, totally. I mean, I, I, I like I, I, I felt like we didn't learn a whole lot new on this because I mean, I said both of these phone calls had been reported on at the time about these specific subjects. I mean, we didn't have the exact no. words. I'll admit, and it ha- seeing and happened six months ago. Seeing how Trump couldn't understand that was—I mean, it's bad. I-, I was a little bit surprised at the level of mental function that. I don't know. It's I'm. It's shocking. It's shocking. I just wonder, like, why it was leaked now. Like, what, what was the, what was the, whoever that I have it, no in, idea intending to do. Because it, 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 as you said, the only thing it does that's different is it embarrasses Trump, and it also just it gives Trump like more ammunition in his get the leakers. Yeah, but I don't think, I don't know. To me, it seems like, well, in this particular case, the leaks are worse than whatever you know energy and lift he's going to get out of accusing people of leaking. That's Plus, doesn't true. it occur to him that the only people who could be leaking these things are people who work for him? Oh, I think he definitely knows that. I think they're. I think they basically has been a crackdown inside the White House where they're trying fires to figure and out fires who... people, and it yeah. just keeps they keep leaking. It's almost as if well, you... it has to be people. Who, I mean, a lot of the leaks are about like pretty private conversations and stuff going on in the Oval. So, I mean, they have to be people who are pretty high up what if trump is leaking them i would imagine that he is leaking some of them or john Barron, as that's right Right. his his uh nom his alter ego yeah his the guy yeah who do you remember what was this thing with the letter from a child like don't you remember the sarah huckabee sanders was reading from a letter that dylan age nine wrote to the president but it was like so oh yeah, 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 like yeah. Weirdly yeah. seeming like yeah. maybe Trump wrote the. Like, you are like, my favorite saying, president. Yeah, he's like you yeah. are my favorite president, and also voters were bussed into New Hampshire. And <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Chris Kobach is right. Here is my crayon drawing of the electoral map <laughs> showing your victory. <laughs> like, your, mean, your strategy in Michigan was such such genius. <laughs> I mean, it, I don't know. He's 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 terrible. He's doing a terrible job. He it also didn't make him look that great this week when he uh, claimed that the head of the Boy Scouts called him. Oh my God! He these are like and, easy lies to uh, like. And the no Mexican way. president this called is classic him. Classic Trump though. Like he has all these ticks, and one of them is he flagrantly lies even about stuff where there's no reason to lie about it. 
and it's really easily disprovable. The other Trump thing, my favorite of all the Trump things, is anytime he's confronted with something he's done, he says, he says, first, I didn't do it. And second, it would have if been I totally had. fine if I had. Yeah. Where I'm like, it's like so profligately like covering himself. It's, it's like the guiltiest possible way to answer something. Well, he may. That brings me to our our next topic, which is he may have the opportunity to give that answer under oath. And certainly, people close to him are going to have the the uh, opportunity to answer things under oath because we found out today that Special Counsel Robert Mueller has impaneled a grand jury, a federal grand jury in D.C. So I have to admit, um, I don't really know what the practical consequences of that are. I'm going to say that I am hardly an expert. I mean, it's like a, something. Well. It's, like mean, a, it's like a step. Yeah, I mean, grand juries, not very many I think only two countries have grand juries. They're so much better than juries. They're like I, way grander. I, I believe the, the, the United States and Liberia are the two <laughs> countries that have grand juries. Yeah, yeah. The first thing is that someone's going to have to explain to Trump that a grand jury is not, like, the best possible of all juries. He also can't fire them, right? Like, a grand jury is actually a... Oh, no, those are just regular people. Yeah. He can't fi- certainly can't fire them. Um, so, in my very limited layman's understanding of how a grand jury operates, grand juries um, have both investigative and accusatory powers. Um, they're they're just regular people who are picked in the jury pool. Um, of course, and... that's the secret terrible power of the United States is our regular people. Yeah, I mean, which I mean, in theory, should be a good thing. Um, and uh, in this specific instance, um, I would imagine that Mueller has impaneled them, at least initially, more for their investigative powers. Um, so specifically, they have the power to subpoena people for testimony and documents. And you cannot say no to a grand jury. You can go and exert your Fifth Amendment right if you want. Um, you still have but, to give them documents. Unless they would directly implicate yourself. You can... But, you, uh, can, you know, it's such a thing about having to actually go sit there and just invoke your Fifth Amendment privilege for, like, four hours. Well, and that would eventually be made public, and it's... I mean, you, you're not admitting to a crime when you invoke your Fifth Amendment. No, that's the whole, I like the Fifth Amendment. Oh, I the think Fifth it's Amendment, a is, amendment. Is, it's a good thing, but, I mean, if, like, enough certain... people... Yeah. If, like, if, like, ten people in a row invoke their Fifth Amendment when they're asked to testify about the president, I mean, it sort of paints a picture, right? Well, um, and also, a lot of these Republicans are on the record as saying that claiming the Fifth Amendment is means you're guilty and you're a traitor. Like, sure. there's a lot of hypocrisy um, I think probably the biggest takeaway from it um, is that Mueller is real. He's moving along in his investigation, and he's he's entered a new phase. Um, I mean, there are reports that the grand jury has subpoenaed already documents and people directly related to that meeting that Trump Jr. had with. Um, with the Ruskies um, at Trump Tower. I know Mueller and his team are like famous for not leaking. I'm really curious to like what's up with them, like what they're finding. Yeah, what, I mean, we'll, we, we may we is. may never know all the details. I certainly hope that we get the. Uh, I mean, in theory, we should get a um, like a non classified 
public report eventually. My assumption is that Trump is involved in like a huge amount of really shady financial stuff. Yeah, I mean, Mueller has been hiring every week. It seems like he hires two or three more. Uh, He's like, there's so much like, fraud here. I'm going to need more fraud lawyers. Right, he, like big-time lawyers who are involved in financial wrongdoing. I'm sure Trump is a gigantic fraud in like every possible way. Well, I mean, there are uh, apparently the thing that upset Trump the most was when he found out that Mueller could access his tax returns. Yeah, that's just the beginning of it. Mueller right. can access a lot, and um, I'm sure Trump has been in like money laundering and like bribery, all everything. It, I just it's not going to go well when Jared Kushner and Trump Jr. in particular have to go in front of that grand jury under oath and get questioned by Mueller and his investigators. It's not going to go well for them. Um, yeah, and I think I'm start you know one of the worries we've talked about is Mueller getting fired by Trump. And there yeah. was there was a development on that today. There was. So there're like two different sort of bipartisan well, there's been some bipartisan senators, bipartisan senators, some Republican senators and some Democratic senators who have announced that they would put a law in place. Yeah, and I. I to protect Mueller. To, no, I am not a constitutional lawyer. I, I play one on TV, but I'm not. It's not entirely clear to me that that would be legal. Under, well, no, like, it's, but it's very strong signaling. They don't yes. even if they don't do any laws, even for Trump to know that there's enough Republicans who don't have his back if he fires Mueller. I mean, because ultimately, Congress are the people who can impeach him. I mean, Congress could certainly reinstate the special prosecutor. Congress can do a lot. I mean, we forget and, because they're so yeah. supine and pathetic. But Congress is a co-equal branch of government. They have a huge amount of power. Oh, for sure. Um, and so, if he fired Mueller, I mean, they could they could reinstitute the special prosecutor um, and immediately reappoint Mueller to that position, which the president is not allowed to fire. Doesn't Congress have subpoena power? Of course. So, I mean, if they, they can do, they can fuck his shit up all over the place. Yeah, that that to. is entirely an issue of the Republicans controlling the committees. That's the significance of these couple of Republican senators speaking out. Yeah, because so, you know, even if, you know, I don't know how you would write a particular law and whether, you know, that's not the point. The point is that if 51 senators decide to make an issue out of this for Trump, he's in trouble. Yeah, um, I mean, and I, I, you, you've had numerous uh, former high end intelligence officials, you know, former directors of CIA and national intelligence and so on say that if if Trump fired Mueller or if he started preemptively pardoning people and so on that that w it would be a de facto coup um for me the speaking of former intelligence people and stuff the the quote that sort of defines the whole era almost to me is that one I think it was Brennan who said yeah. that sometimes people don't realize they've started down a treasonous path until it's too late until it's too late yeah that i think that's what i think that'll end up being a really significant description I think that's true i mean and you, uh, you see descriptions of that a lot from people 
particularly who were heavily involved in counterintelligence. Well, that's what Russia is good at too. Like they, they kind get of entrapping. People. Yeah. Right. Like I mean, it, and he's done so much business in Russia. I mean, there's it's yeah. almost impossible to imagine he's clean. Well, and it seems very likely based on what we know now, and of course we, there are lots of things we don't know, but it, very likely that that meeting that Don Jr. and Kushner and Manafort took was part of a Russian intelligence operation um, it sure to, seems start that culti- way. to start cultivating and see what they, they were kind of probing yeah, and seeing see what, what they could, could do. You know, they were like, hey, these seem like a bunch of idiots. Let's see if we can get in there. Um. You know, and we've seen we've seen like three or four Trump campaign emails out of the however many thousands or millions that existed, and they're all so incriminating. I know, so like <laughs> you know, like what, what what do the rest of them say? That one email from Don Jr. is so much more it's so incriminating bad than like the entire library of all Hillary Clinton's emails that we saw so much news coverage of. Yeah, like Hillary, okay, so she's like a little scuzzy sometimes. She's not. She wa- I, I, no, you're wrong. The, the only thing that came out of her emails is people tried to get appointments with her for like special visa treatment. And she, she also does, she doesn't understand how email works. Right. And, but like yeah. she didn't give them the special visa treatment. Like she didn't do anything. I I was referring with scuzziness to the giving speeches for lots of money. Sure, but mostly. that's perfectly legal and has yeah. nothing to do with her emails. No, it's true. They've got more corrupt felony in one email than she has in her entire private server. Uh, no, it's totally true. I mean, and then I mean, we we haven't even gotten into. But of course, the news luckily, of... the Republicans have been really consistent about objecting to yes. Trump's use of private email. Right. It's too bad that we don't have uh, former uh, House member Jason Chaffetz he- here to They should appoint Hillary Clinton as a special prosecutor to look into yes. Trump's campaign email practices. <laughs> hey, she, was, she worked on Watergate, right? I know, she would actually be qualified to do it, but we wouldn't do that. But, I mean, we should because... She would be a little biased. These people are such fuckers. Um, and we're not even getting into the news of a couple days ago. Jesus, we're already um, at like a pretty over time. Yeah. What uh, news so of a couple days ago? Just that it turns out that that Trump dictated. Oh Jesus, that's Trump right. Jr.'s initial Speaking statement. Speaking of like overt corruption and like evil, he did that, yeah. and then he lied about it. Right, and said that he didn't know anything about it. I mean, it's just. Which may be more obstruction of justice. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's like I mean, it's, all, it's almost like a bad. Were like, we should make this statement, and Trump said, "No, no, we we have I know to lie better. about this." Here. So let, let me let me. I'll write it. Yeah, I'll write an. I'll write a statement that I know is false. Well, actually, I can't write because I don't know how to spell. He so doesn't I'll say it out read. loud. Yeah, I'll... there's a there's a pretty blonde lady who writes it down for him. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, that's like super, I mean, again, a lot of these questions end up being political questions. I don't know whether it's technically a crime. I don't know whether it's obstruction of justice. As always, the question It sure seems bad, though. No, well, and here's, you know, it's really something for Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell, where it's like, every week, more of these things happen, where it's like, are you still comfortable with all this, even now that you know this? Well, right, as, this is the question that was asked by that toad, Jeff Flake in in the op-ed he wrote, where he 
said that the Republicans created Trump and they are they are the ones since they control Congress who have the responsibility and the power to check him. Though yeah. it's not apparent that Jeff Flake is doing anything. Well, I didn't to do know that. there was a much braver guy named Jeff Flake because that can't be the same guy. No, you wouldn't think so. Senator Jeff Flake is just like rolls over for whatever the Republican Party says to do. He votes for really unqualified cabinet members. Yes, he, he votes for really unqualified health care legislation. Yeah, so... He writes uh, an op-ed. What, you know, what good is an op-ed? I was like, yeah, the op-ed's great, but like actions speak a lot louder than words in this case. I guess it's so, better than nothing, maybe, a little. I don't know. The, the only thing I can think of is I don't think that a senator would have written it three or four months ago. Seems like hedging um, to me, basically. It seems like right. he's jockeying that, like, in case this all turns south, he can well, say he's, a, he's up I for re-election. Right yeah, but right. in Arizona, so, wait, what state? Arizona. Arizona. He's the junior. He should be from safe-ish. Although Trump's safe-ish. approval is not good. He's not like a senator from Alabama or something, <laughs> you know, Mississippi. Um. Uh, and then I guess the the last news we can mention, I'm not sure how much relevance it really has to anything, is that the chicken shit governor of West Virginia switched parties today. I don't know what to make of that. I haven't looked into it. It's it's too bad, obviously. He was a Republican. He switched parties to run as a Democrat for governor, and now he's switched back. Um, I don't understand any of it. I think that the Republicans probably overall plan is that they they tried to convince Joe Manchin to take over Homeland Security so that they could install another Republican senator. Um, but I don't think that Manchin is going to do that. I, so. I feel like Manchin is comfortable where he is. I think he's comfortable where he is, and I think um, the Republicans' behavior has been so deplorable that it's given him the ability to stick with the Democrats um, much more solidly than usual. I don't know what... I mean, I assume his polling is fine. He's... he's. I haven't looked into it. I'm not sure there's been much. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I think he's well-liked in, in West Virginia. I don't really know what... I mean, we're not going to get another Democrat. He has all these very special personal qualities that allow him to be a Democrat well, that, and win. That, that's not entirely true. I mean, in 2009, eight out of the nine like major uh, political elected officials in West Virginia were Democrats. Um, there was a Republican senator, but the House rep was a Democrat. Manchin obviously was a Democrat. The governor was a Democrat. The attorney general was a Democrat. Um, the, 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 both chambers of their state legislator, le- legislature were Democratic um, and so on. Today, with the governor switching, it's now just Manchin and the, um, I can't remember if it's the attorney general or the treasurer. It's weird it's for like, governors to switch parties. In national, like, senators and house people do it sometimes because they can get a more powerful committee chairmanship or whatever. But a governor doesn't have any of that. So it's not clear what he, I mean, I don't know, I need to look into it more. But, I mean, it's too bad. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll just end on... The note of saying, I am proud of the Democrats. Yeah. Um, I think Chuck Schumer has done a much better job than I expected him to do. Um, in, I mean, the, the the Democratic, particularly in the Senate, I mean the House too, but particularly in the Senate, 
they've been really unified and on one message opposing Trump. Um, and uh, I don't think that was a guarantee by any means. No, and I give Schumer a lot of credit. Yep. I mean, he, particularly in this healthcare situation, he he made it extremely clear that there was no chance that a single Democrat was going to break ranks. And that was a big deal. Yes, it was. So, um, so he, sh- he should get credit for that. So do we have to talk about what we're going to watch for next week? Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see if Trump freaks out about Mueller getting... Putting a grand yeah, jury the grand jury. That's that'll be interesting. Um, I assume first I he'll think... Google grand jury, or he'll get someone <laughs> to type in because he won't. He's not going to Google it. it yeah, no. uh, he needs like a video or a chart, <laughs> but, but, but only one sheet and bullets yeah. and pictures. Um, I think it's slightly less likely he'll do something really rash right away right now because I think that Kelly is still in a period as the brand new chief of staff where he can exert a certain amount of control. So this, but this is what you're going to be watching as well. Yeah, I'm going to be watching that and I'm going to be watching um Kelly and I cuz I I I have no confidence that Trump is going to let Kelly run the show for too long um because Trump doesn't like being sidelined and doesn't like people getting more attention than him. Um and I think that Trump will start doing crazy shit again eventually and people will they'll they'll probably respect the chain of command for a little while um but i can't imagine they'll respect it for that long and they'll start trying to make end runs around kelly to get directly to trump again so we'll we'll, we'll see how long that lasts um i so that yeah i'll be looking at that hey i think we're at the end of the show i think we are um so Thanks for listening to Sanity Check. Make sure to join us again next week. And if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe at iTunes, the Google Play Store, or at sanitycheckpod.com. And in the meantime, keep resisting and persisting.